Scott Olstad, after years of preparation and training, your lifelong dream of being drafted has finally come true. It's official. You're in the NBA and headed to Minnesota. How do you feel? First of all, I just want to thank God, my parents, my wonderful wife. I'm just blessed. Thank you to my agent and my trainer for getting me to this position, my chef, my nutritionist. Finally, thank you to Glenn Taylor for making that coaching change. No tibs. Woo! No tibs. Welcome to episode 112 of Wolf's Cast, the show with plenty of upside, wingspan, motor, intangibles, switchability, character, shot creation, and versatility. Toasted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. I'm switchable, Scott. Ooh, yeah. Switchability, Scott. That's what they say. That's what I've seen on all the reports, all the mock drafts. Yeah. To be fair. Very switchable. In pickup games, you should switch me because I'm not going to fight over a screen. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm just not going to try that hard. So yeah. switch me. Yeah. Just, just, just get him off there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, welcome, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. We have uh, the Wolves Cast summer summertime check in number mm, one. It's been a minute, <laughs> Neil. What have you been doing with your summer? You, I know you've been watching Lynx games oh, yeah. and planning Disney vacations. That's right. That's so that's that's what summertime's for. Summertime is for the WNBA and doing vacations, doing that kind of thing. So yeah, so uh, Lynx are nine games into their season here to start, so they're off and running. Go check out the Lynx and. Yeah, doing some one-off shows here and there, Cuckoo Kangaroo style. You what know? are you more excited for this summer, the Lynx or going to see Star Wars Galaxy Edge? Ooh, well, you know, no plans to see Galaxy's Edge yet as of recording. It, uh, it's open in California, opens Orlando um, on August 29th. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I am more, uh, I'm, I'm more excited for Lynx this summer, but then after that. Will be Galaxy's Edge time. I think this summer one of our sponsors should be, or this season we should do a Timberwolves theme park and have you design a Timberwolves oh, theme park for I us. Oh, in. I'm so in for that. Yep, I'm looking yeah, forward kinda, to that. Kind of into theme parks right now. Scott, how are you? Twin, your twins are awesome. Oh, you know, best. Your, twi- your twins are cruising. Best team in Major League Baseball, everybody. Best is, record. Is this as good as the twins have been since we started the show? Like, oh, easily. Right? Yeah, like, hands down, easily. It's been a long time. It's the best they've been since we moved to Target Field. And the oh. the equivalent uh, to everyone listening is, what if the Wolves went from you know we've we're, we're Wolves this fans. Year? What if the Wolves went from their their natural history towards three point shooting to making so many three pointers <laughs> next year they we're going to shatter the record for three-point shooting in the NBA. I see. So you're correlating the home runs and the three-point shooting. Yeah, exactly. Ah. It's like one thing that this team has never struck people out or gotten home runs. They just hated those two. They're like, that's not how you win b- baseball games. And this year, they're doing them both. So it's not just like the Twins are good. It's like the Twins are good in a way you've never seen. <laughs> All 12 hitters in our lineup, you can only play nine, but all 12 hitters that are on the Major League roster are above Major League average. Crazy. So it's been a great season. Been enjoying it a lot. And Might bring it up a few times on the show, actually. You've been to a couple games and, and Oh, yeah. Stuff. Went, went to Prince, Prince Night Prince the other night. Got my yeah. Prince jersey, my Prince hat. You know, I love Prince jerseys. It's uh, all about that purple. Why don't you purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka? Yeah, it's just wild to think that, you know, I went from having no Prince Timberwolves or Twins gear to now I have a Twins and a Timberwolves <laughs> Prince jersey. It's been a wonderful year for me. Everyone's on board now. Yes, absolutely. Everyone wants a piece of that Prince princeness. That's right. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, we welcome you back to Wolves Cast. A lot has happened that we need to talk about. So, you know, we decided to get together and uh, record a show. So, yeah, we got a little uh, recap of all the ongoings of this spring that happened. Lots of uh, lots of new faces. Staffing up. Yeah, the staff. Staffing up, they're getting ready. It's going to be a whole new look 
front office uh, for the team here. So we'll talk about that. Um, and then the meat of our show today is going to be about the draft, which as we record this is two days away. Um, as you hear this, maybe one, or maybe you're listening to this on draft day, hopefully before the draft you're hearing this, because that's pretty much what this show is going to be. We're going to talk about the most likely people who might get chosen at number 11 uh, to the Wolves, some less likely guys, and then who we might want to have uh, on the team if it was our call. Is it our call? You know, I, I, before these hirings, I thought it could be. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just want to be in the room. They, they you know? I just want to be in the room. Like They always have like 20 people on tables with phones, and it's just like <laughs> everyone has a phone. Yeah. It looks like a phone-a-thon. I just want to get in the room and be on one of those phones. Yeah, maybe we can be on the phones. That, that, that's when you know you made it, when you're on the phone. That's right. We have sponsor. We have predict it. Um, you know, we got to predict what's going to happen uh, this summer and uh, around the draft here. We have weekly Wolfies, and you know we got a game. That's how we do it here on Wolves Cast. Um, but let's let's get it going for the week. Uh, excuse me, the, the spring recap. All this stuff did not happen this week. It this happened is, in the spring. This is kind of the inside basketball stuff that not you know we don't go super into. There's a lot of podcasts that want to dive into the analytics and the front office, you know, movings and comings and goings. And we try to you know kind of keep it on the stuff that just a casual fan would kind of you know love if they were watching the sport you know when you're watching basketball you're not like man this is so great i love this team's gm (laughs) you know but it is important to the organization and we've got a lot of changes going on so we figured it'd be best to just kind of run through these pretty briefly yeah so of course we gotta start at the top gerson rosas is your new president of basketball operations hired uh from the rockets organization pretty good organization yeah you got to think that that's a good one to pull from there they've been successful at you know uh you know acquiring players and developing players and you know finding guys uh that kind of work so uh rosas is you know someone i think the last time we talked to he was one of four one of the he was the final in the final four Mm -hmm. and he emerged as as the winner of that group so you know i think a lot just a lot of forward thinking there and I, i you know again i think it's just cool that they interviewed a bunch of people and pick somebody from outside the organization. They did it, right? Yeah. Glenn did it. <laughs> Apparently, they had a nice dinner in, in Mankato, and the wives got along and <laughs> all that stuff. So Glenn was comfortable with it. Pretty sure it's the only Latino uh, president of basketball operations in the NBA. I think that's right. He's from We're Columbia. Going, uh, yep. We're gonna, we've got uh, some international uh, folks joining us You know, uh, this year, and I like that. we got some pronunciation guides. That's right. We're going to have some really <laughs> fun names to say, and uh, that's always a good thing. Yeah, so Scott, why don't you tell us about who uh, Garrison hired as his number two. Well, why don't you pronounce it for me? Well, that's what I was trying to get you to say. But yeah, okay, I got go, it. I got it. Yeah, it's Sashin Gupta. Sashin Gupta. I believe that's how you say that. That's right. Also <laughs> was in the Rockets organization, formal mm. special advisor to Daryl Morey, who All just right. seems like a fun guy. He's got a good Twitter presence. Yeah, it's a good sense of humor. He's so chill. Yeah, and they've got the uh, what is the NBA analytics conference that they yeah do? the Sloan conference. The Sloan conference. He's always a hit there. So. Um, he also worked under Hinky in uh, Philadelphia. Hmm. So there's a couple of uh, smart guys, some you know pioneers in NBA thinking uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. Uh, last season was an assistant GM in Detroit, but we won't hold that against him. No, I mean, I mean Detroit had a pretty good season, you know, yeah. compared to their previous few seasons. You know, they were kind of in a no-win position with their salary cap and the Blake Griffin thing. But hey, they did they make the playoffs? They made a good push for it at the end. I remember. Yeah, they so. were the seven seed, and then Blake didn't play like in the first rounds, so and yeah. Milwaukee swept them. Nope. So uh, it's good to have him. Here. Here, and then uh, somebody who is not from the Rockets organization. Neil That's right. The most, the most recent hire, the, maybe the toughest name to pronounce, Gialo- Gianluca Pasucci. Pasucci. 
uh, Italian, I believe. So about yeah, Pasucci or P- Pasucci. Pasucci. Yes, 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 like yes. Say it like that. Um, you know, he has uh, been hired um, to also uh, work in the front office, and uh, John Krasinski was letting us know that he, uh, you know, will be kind of heading up the scouting and player development um, things here for um, for the team. So that is definitely something that Rosas. Um, uh, you know, definitely talked a lot about um, in some of the first interviews and press conferences and stuff is the ability to develop the players you have in house, not just find good players, make trades, huge. draft picks. You have to get players in here and make them come out their side better. And that's something we haven't seen about from the taking Wolves. raw prospects and making them into a Pascal Siaka that's or making right. them into a, you know, OG and Anube. Yes, there's so many. We've had some problems with development around here. You know, yeah. the only people who seem to get better on their rookie contracts are people who are true stars like Carl Anthony Towns, you know. We haven't seen uh, if a, what Okogi's going to be like year to year. But, you know, you can see like Tyus and Wiggins and a lot of other guys we've drafted haven't really developed a lot as players over the next few years. So you're right. Player development is huge. And so is scouting because, you know, we don't have much cap space. Uh, our our drafts uh, picks, I mean, it's hard to get free agents to come here. And so we have to hit a home run on our scouting. That's what uh, the successful teams that aren't in big markets do um, because they have no room for error. So the scouting and player development is going to be a huge Yeah, and that's another thing that Houston's done well over the last bunch of years, you know, finding different guys. Obviously, you know, right now they're predicated by, you know, Harden and Chris Paul, which are just kind of like, you know, trades they made to go out and get superstars. But Well, is Pascucci from uh, Houston? I thought that he might have been from Brooklyn. No, yeah. You know, he he was – Pascucci was in Detroit last year. Yeah. Um, But I'm just saying Rosas overall and his idea of player development and stuff like that is is getting in these guys and really making them better. Think about Capella. You know, Clint Capella was a guy that, you know, I don't know, he was pretty raw and they made him into a borderline all-star player. So, you know, I I don't know. uh, We'll see if that can be the same here for the Wolves. But it seems like they have a nice crew here together. Yeah, and you know the Houston Rockets are known for being cutting edge on analytics and some of the new data and things you can do like that. Uh, so it's nice that we're going to have both. Let's go. Um, okay, so then um, let's move on to Saunders. Saunders has been uh, made. Uh, Drip Saunders here has been uh, you know elevated from the interim tag and uh, is now the full-time head coach uh, of your Minnesota Timberwolves. So, you know, that's what we expected to happen. That's what all the kind of smoke was pointing to all of that so Saunders is in but um, all basically all the assistants from last year were fired Ed Pinckney Larry Gre- uh, Larry Greer uh, Jerry Seasting John Lucas Jr. and Dice Yoshimoto all uh, shown the door uh, Malik Allen uh, was retained indeed so he will uh, come on back I don't know why he was the survivor out of all these other people but uh, I guess maybe, they like what he brought to the table maybe he was the least Tibbs guy <laughs> there like, you maybe, go maybe yes, some of the yes, other guys yes, were Tibbs yes. guys and he was yeah. actually a Ryan guy yeah so um, you know at to um, the new bench here. We have uh, David Vanterpool, um, who is going to be heading up the defense for the Wolves. He comes to us uh, from Portland. Apparently highly regarded by both uh, Lillard and CJ. Yeah. Portland it was one of those teams that had like a really great defense, and you looked at the personnel and you were like, really? Undersized guards like Lillard <laughs> and McCollum? You know, yeah. being in your backcourt, or, yeah. and you, yet you're still... Uh, having one of the best defenses in the NBA. I mean, you got to feel encouraged about what he can bring to our defense because Portland's had a surprisingly good defense for the last several years. Pablo Prigioni, former NBA player, um, sort of recently. And uh, Scott, you think he looks like a Muppet? Yeah, he looks like Guy Smiley Guy from Smiley. Sesame Street. He looks a lot like a Sesame Street That's character. Right. I've That's always right. felt that way. He uh, was in Brooklyn last year as assistant coach. And he, he got looked- into the NBA really late. He was like 35 yes. or 36 he when he came rookie. over and played for the Knicks and stuff. But he was a good passer, you know? And then Brian Gates, who you know uh, from 
his time in Minnesota in 1516. He was in Sacramento last year with uh, Dave Yeager. Uh, he will be here as well. So that's kind of your your uh, your coaching staff there. And yeah, who knows how that will go? But you know, they definitely it looks like they wanted to shake things up at, at bare minimum, right? Like let's get some different looks in here. Yeah, and I think it's probably a good idea to keep Ryan around for that reason. I mean. I always lament how these poor young Timberwolves. Uh, I mean, they've had a different. Andrew Wiggins has had a different coach almost every uh, year of his NBA career, and so it's just tough. Every year you come in and it's a new coach, new way of doing things, and you have to relearn the whole system and stuff like that. And there's a lot of new assistant coaches. There's a lot of new front office people we're talking about, and so you got to imagine it's going to be a different experience for all the Wolves players coming into next year. So keeping a guy who they're familiar with, they're clearly comfortable with, if not friends with, even um, is probably going to help smooth that transition. Transition, so it doesn't feel like oh another new year with the wolves another whole new system and you know a way of learning whole new organization again you know yeah there'll be some you know despite all the different names yeah there'll be you know the saunders you know the familiarity will be there with him uh for sure um but i yeah, think gorgie's got the longest tenure now uh, yeah like even longer he than saunders hanging. he was yeah. he was pre uh saunders even <laughs> longer than all the yeah the front office as well um, Scott, lessons from the Raptors title here. What did you learn about, uh, you know, kind of, you know, coaching and front office stuff from, it was, from what you, you saw know, there? It's, it's, it's something that's pretty obvious, I think, when you say it out loud. But yeah. I was just thinking about it the other night. I was just sitting there thinking, man, the Raptors really show how important it has it is to have a good organization top to bottom. Mm. Because there's so many little things that they had to get right from, like, developing Fred Van Fleet, you know, making the decision to trade. Like, one... I've always compared Wiggins to DeRozan in the sense that I'm like, he's disappointing to people, you know, but like every year he gets a little bit better. And like DeRozan wasn't a good, like an all-star player until like his eighth season or something. And I thought like, maybe that's just going to be the slow development of Andrew Wiggins where he comes up slowly. And they developed DeRozan year after year. DeRozan got a little better, a little better. And then they got to the point where they were able to trade DeRozan as the key piece in this Kawhi Leonard trade, you know, and just the... The idea that the organization would never said, you know what, let's blow it up. Let's just restart. LeBron's yeah. got us every single year. We're just, we're not, we're, we're very good, but we're not great. And usually in the NBA, they say if you're on that treadmill of mediocrity where you're good but not great, the only thing you got to do is blow it up and start over. And instead, the Raptors are like, no, let's just keep shooting our shot every year being almost good enough and then if everything breaks the right way we'll have the organization in place to make these trades to realize which players are expendable that we can spend on Kawhi and which guys we got to keep and the same thing with bringing Gasol in I mean just there's so many things that organization did even hearing the stories about how they brought up a G League player from the Raptors who was Steph Curry in practice he would just emulate Steph Curry running around crazy for the Raptors to practice against or just even their G League you know having Siakam there and you know yeah, him, him growing up, and, you know, there and stuff. They just use their G League affiliates so well. You know, maybe one of the best in the league. So yeah, I mean, obviously, Masai is one of the most respected executives in the sport. Yeah, as evidenced by I think Washington. Rosas can be the, there too, though. You know, I think he can yeah, be a exactly. similar-minded type of person. Yeah, and so it just is a reminder. You know, sometimes I think, especially when there's years with like LeBron, you know, leading another team to the championships, or when you see the overwhelming amount of talent that Golden State wow. has, you think, well, this is it's all about getting the best players. It's just about having the best mm. talent the best, it's all about player talent yeah, doesn't really matter much about the front office but you see that you know to be a championship team you need a championship organization and that's what the Raptors built over the past five six seven years and uh, they were ready when the time was right well and that's why you hear of you know Washington pre- preparing a 10 million dollar offer for Masai you know it's like yeah teams are, I think are starting to come around on the idea of like this is very important <laughs> right to get this position at the top right you know a lot matters about this so 
Yeah, maybe we're entering the era of like the superstar GM or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's important. It's important, and so it's nice to see the Wolves putting some thought into their organization. I know that the Twins did something similar first time bringing the Twins back into this conversation. First of many, uh, three <laughs> year, three years ago they traded over. They turned over the front office and brought in Thad Levine, Derek Falvey, and it's taken a few years for them to put their imprint on the team. So it might not be all of a change in year one, but uh, it's it's undoubtable that without the changes that they made to the organization top to bottom adding more people in the analytics department bringing more people in behind the scenes building a better organization is what has built this twins team that is now the best in the major leagues whoa there we go and also speaking of uh, washington ernie grunfeld neil former number 11 pick in the nba draft my goodness uh so not very good pick as a player or a gm or president of basketball operations (laughs) but that does lead us into our segment about this year's nba draft Here's the tip. We're going to start with the likely guys. We are at number 11 yeah. in this year's draft. Fell one spot. Uh, thanks, Thank you, Lakers, for jumping us or yeah, we, whatever. We've got two picks. we got 11 and 47. Yeah. I think it's 47 or 46. One of those two. We're not going to talk about the second round pick um, here tonight. We're going to focus we on We barely 11. know enough about first round yeah, talents to be hardly know enough about the commenting guys, on it. But so. hopefully they nail it like uh, last year where we were yeah. like, last year we were saying, well, we KD. might get Okogie at the number 20 pick or we might get Bates. And then we we ended up getting them both because oh. one fell all the way to the second round. So hopefully something like that will happen. Hopefully Scott Layden can pull another rabbit out of his hat like that. Uh, but the Wolves have the number 11th pick in this year's draft, the first time in Timberwolves history that we've picked at the and number 11 lot. spot. Wow, interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a tease for the game. That's coming right. Up, coming we up we got a game coming. Uh, let's start. We're going to go kind of from likely to least likely here. In our likely group, though, these uh, four players are, are, are guys who we think could go. If you've here. read any mock drafts, these names will not surprise you because yeah. like 95% of the mock drafts have one of these three players. <laughs> We're going to name four. But. And, the, and the first guy, Brandon Clark, is the most mocked. Timberwolves, you know, I think of the you know big four uh, mock drafts or whatever. You know, he's in three of them or whatever, four of the five or whatever. So Brandon Clark kind of been the idea ever since the Wolves, even before the Wolves got the eleventh pick. You know, just sort of being at the end of the lottery. Um, you know, and I think the idea, the main idea here for Brandon Clark is the fit with Towns. You know, the sort of like this is a guy. You know, Towns being a stretch big. This is you know Brandon Clark's main downside really is he doesn't have a three point shot. And he you know he can't really stretch the defense, but that's that's okay if you have Carl Towns as your five. Right? It, it makes uh, the, the Timberwolves a good fit for Clark. But there is Clark go. a good fit for the sure, Timberwolves? Yes, That's the question. Yes, yes. But of all the places where Clark can uh, thrive, most of the people writing mock drafts have said that's what makes him a perfect fit for the Wolves. Because more than anywhere else, we can splice the floor in a way. You know, we have a big, maybe the best big in terms of three-point shooting in the league. Yeah, we're, we're already good at that thing. So, yeah, so Brandon Clark, 6'8", who's an undersized power forward, uh, played Gonzaga last year. And a lot of people and a lot of College, ba- most importantly, college basketball. He was the second best player in college basketball last year by a lot of metrics, just because mainly of his defense. You know, his defense and his rebounding are uh, is the best defender in college basketball last year. So this is someone who's I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to you know a lot of the comps kind of have him as you know kind of like you know uh, you know smaller power forwards. Think kind of like a you know Draymond Green light you know kind of yeah. thing. Obviously not that's like you know, PJ Tucker. Yeah, yeah. So you got these guys you know you know who can you know who are kind of just like super athletic and defend you know, above their bouncy. size. Yeah, you know, even though Brandon Clark is only six eight, you know, he can he can defend some bigger dudes and stuff. So yeah, and they're thinking yeah. the thing is that you know it'd be good help defense for Towns, or Towns has he got his man, you know, on the block or something that Clark would be good at coming over and blocking that shot, so Towns doesn't have to get into foul trouble trying to block the shot of his defender. 
Yeah, um, and, and so it's hard because on one hand, you know, he could he could co- cover up for what Carl can't do on defense. You like that, but on the other hand, I feel like the Wolves already have so many non-shooters and guys who are, can't be depended on to to make a three-pointer. Do we need another one? Who's going to be in the rotation next season? You know, I, I don't know. That's that's hard. That's a hard well, question. We'll see because part of the problem with picking eleventh is there aren't a lot of great shooting fits right there. Yeah, you know, uh, yep. the shooting's going in the top ten picks, sure. and so some of these other guys we're going to talk about are better shooters than Clark, but they're not. You know. No, they're not even as good as Dario, you know, by any means in terms of long range threats. Yeah, and Clark, you just worry about his size overall. It's not just his height. I mean, his, his arms are short too. He doesn't have these crazy long arms. He's he has he's six eight and he has six eight arms, and so that's not good, um, you know. And I, I just worry about his ability to play really offense, you know, at the, at the next level. What does he do against, um, you know, against? I don't know. I don't know how he. Well, can I be. think his offensive game. You can imagine it as Taj Gibson. Yeah, you know a lot of great stuff around the rim, a lot yeah. of great stuff, you know, offensive in, rebounds, in, yeah. I guess, but not really much uh, that's not in the paint. But Taj was so skilled as like a post player, and you know, I don't, I, you know, he's not the offense, he's not the athletic kind of freak that Brandon is here. But I, I'm just worried about the size here with Brandon. It, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they picked him, but it would be it would be a complicated sort of situation, um, you know. I, but for the Wolves, all these these concerns are really more for like a playoff team. I feel like right, like Brandon. Clark gets exposed if he's in the playoffs. Well, here's the question that Brandon Clark poses. First of all, when you said he had good college stats, if it wasn't for Zion, he would have the highest PER in college basketball Crazy. in the past decade. Crazy. So he had a great season last year. But some of that's to be expected because he's a senior. Yeah. He is the oldest person that's going to go yeah, in the lottery. He's 22.7 years yeah. old right now. Yeah. And so that's the question about balling out this pick. Kids. Yeah. Is, you know, normally, Wolves fans that we are, we say go for the best, the highest upside pick. Yeah. And so if you're picking highest upside, maybe you don't get the 22-year-old who no. already seems to have a good idea of what he can he do. He is who he is, yeah. But the question is, this team going forward, do we really are we trying to shoot for another star or are we looking for a good role player? You know, I mean, on one hand, you always want another star, but Cats only here for guaranteed for another 5 years. And so if you don't if you think, you know, you're going to get an 18-year-old who might be a star by the time he's 24, well that's not until Cats gone. And so maybe that's a good idea to draft someone super young with a lot of promise. And maybe by the time Cat, heaven forbid, if he leaves in after five years, we have somebody up in the rising. Or if we have a rising star who's 23 years old about to break out, maybe Cat will be like, hey, look, there's another good young running mate with me. I'll stay. That's right. It's more of the yeah, it's more of the win now versus, you know, slow roll it type, I mean, type maybe, of idea. I mean, I, we had this conversation last year about Keda and Okogi because Keda is older. He spent all four years in college and yeah. Okogi is younger. He was yeah. 18. Yeah, and uh, he can do both. You know, as nice as Okogi could do both, he was NBA ready and super young. So yeah. that's great if you can get that. But that's the question with Clark: is that he's very polished, I think, uh, as a draft prospect. But you're, you're worried about him being the oldest in the first round. So Brandon Clark represents kind of the sure thing, the most kind of NBA ready, plug and play, type, high floor, low type, ceiling, exactly type of guy. Our next guy. Going down the line, who's probably the second most likely player to be drafted by the Wolves. Great name. Um, <laughs> from France. Sekou Domboya uh, from France. He is the youngest player in the draft. This is like the exact opposite of what you're getting with Brandon Clark. This is the all-potential pick. This is the pick where 
if Rosas, you know, believe really believes in what he has as far as his, his uh, player development staff and all this, and you know, trying to find a diamond in the rough, this is your pick right here. You know, six nine, two thirty pound, two hundred thirty pounds, good wins, eighteen bad. year old from France. Um, you know, so he played in the French league last year, youngest player, and yeah, high risk, high reward. So you know, these are, this is a very polarizing situation. I think it will tell us a lot about the Wolves front office and their mindset because this is their first pick. You know, this is this is right. to show it off. And it's interesting because he plays; he'll play a similar role to Clark. They're both six eight, six nine, power forward, small forward kind of tweeners. Yeah. And um, I mean, I love his name, of course. <laughs> Great name. Um, but yeah, the boy is more of a perimeter player, though. You know, I, I watched his pro day video on YouTube, which is when he the, like the one time he's basically practiced in front of all these NBA GMs, gym full of just him practicing against one guy and. Yeah, he's he's got a little more handle. He can shoot it, you know. So they're the same size, but they kind of have different kinds of games. I like that the uh, the Rainer compared his game to a tranquilized Pascal Siakam. He his his body type and his athleticism looks a lot. He like looks Siakam. like Pascal. Yeah, yeah. Might not have that crazy motor that Pascal. He's has, long and but. springy. He also reminds me of his body type and movements. Remind me of Chris Middleton um, with the long arms and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, if you believe in Rosas's ability to develop develop talent, this is probably the guy you want. Right here, because this guy could be, you know, he could be end up being the third best player in this draft potentially, you know, you know after after Zion and uh, John Morant. But um, but you know, do do you want to risk it? Do you want to have a guy who maybe plays in Iowa all year this year, uh, you know, and, and really you know stays down and, and all that stuff? Can can you stomach it? You know, oh, that's what's gonna be interesting. It's the inverse of the blind and card thing. Do you want someone who's ready yeah. to go and to yeah. be in your rotation day one, or do you want a guy who could be greater but it might not be ready? And that's why it's so interesting to me with the new front office. Office is like how do you? It's more. It's even. It's on one level. It's what do you? What do you want with your first round pick? Do you want a project or do you want a sure thing? And secondly, how are you going to approach the next few years of Carl Anthony Towns? Again, it's kind of the same thing. Do you want to do more of a let's get it going right now, make the playoffs this year, or is it more of a let's build this a little bit slower? You know, and right. and who knows what the right answer is? We don't know yet, but we're about to find out. And with all draft prospects, it might end up that we get into the season and Brandon Clark needs time in the G League, and yep. Seku doesn't. You don't know. It's, yeah, it's, that's what makes this so hard. And why, once again, going back to scouting and player development, why it's so crucial to have that the front role, uh, the front office, being yeah. able to make those decisions because this is all about scouting with these two guys. We're going back to Gonzaga for number three here, uh, Rui Hachimura. From Gonzaga, the 6'8", 230-pound, another power forward here. Grew up in Japan. Um, yeah, we, uh, we talked about uh, Rui, and I believe we talked about... Um, I don't believe he's uh, Japanese, though. Brandon I think, Clark. I think he grew up in Japan. Okay. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think he is of Japanese descent. But uh, he will be the first Japanese, whatever whatever his background is, he will be the first Japanese-American I'm not sure. I'm sure people are correcting me. But, uh, but another yeah. great name. Yes, Hachimura. Hachimura. Um, but yeah, I think he was a second-year player, um, so he's like 20 years old. And yeah, he's kind of a scoring forward. So this is a guy that gets compared to like mellow, like a lot. Like he can really shoot it, but also go by you, you know, that kind of thing. He's a big guy, good NBA body for sure. This guy's got, he's got the frame, he's got the muscles. He's, you know, he's, he looks like he belongs in the NBA. Um, but you know, the downside with him is that he apparently picked up the basketball at age 14. You know, he's kind of new to the game, doesn't feel the game very well. You know, certain things like that he might he might be lacking. Um, and uh, Sports Illustrated is reporting he has a promise, but Sam Vecini from The Athletic says they doubt that promise from the Wolves. 
So I don't know. It doesn't it's make hard sense. To say. Very much. Hard we to were say. talking before the yeah. pod that it doesn't make sense. With, why would they promise someone and then keep bringing in other guys that Other. are around that same range. Yeah, they've and, brought in so many people for workouts the Wolves have. And, and Rosa's had a press conference this afternoon where he said he has made no promises. No promises. So if you're so going to believe the man. So he doesn't believe that in doing that. Like <laughs> he's Not just saying there's no promise in this draft. He kind of says he doesn't ever believe in a promise. So, yeah. So I don't know. Rui's been, um, you know, mocked the Wolves. I think uh, the ringer has him uh, as of today as, as the um, – it's either him or excuse me, it's either the athletic or the ringer has him today as, as the pick for the Wolves. So he's going to be right in that range as well. I don't know. What do you think about Hachimura, Scott? Uh, you know, it's the same thing. He's kind of that tweener size, 6'8", 230, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it seems like... He's, he's, he is the, more of a project, too, I think, on that side of project versus more ready, even though he's two years in the college basketball. Well, he's still new to the game. Yeah, I mean, let's bring it back to the Twins. Max Kepler really having Ooh. a great breakout season. German <laughs> didn't start playing the game until he was like 15. He was 14, 15 in Germany. And, him. you know, well, it's taken him some time to put it all together. So, But now it's worth it. But nice. it took many, many years for him to put it together. Yeah. And so... It takes a little patience. That, that uh, complicates things a little bit. Um, but it's just interesting that the three players these are the three players by far we see it's mocked the to the Wolves. Three, yeah. So it seems like you can expect, unless we move up in the first round or move back in the first round, that the Wolves are targeting a 6'8 tweener forward. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. you, and they have different characteristics, similar body types, I guess. You know, maybe different wingspans, but they're yeah. all about the same height and weight. And so what we're saying is like Clark has no perimeter game. Uh, maybe Seku has more of a perimeter game. So their styles can be a little bit different, but it seems like we've got our general kind of body type we're going after in this yeah. first round. All right, let's keep it going. Nasir Little is the last one here for the likely picks. He's just he's he's uh, you know hasn't I haven't seen him going anywhere to the Wolves, but he's just kind of in the same range. Uh, six six uh, guard out of North Carolina, defense first guy, very athletic. Defense first, second, and only. Yeah, he can um, you know he's just crazy athlete, uh, switchable, versatile. You know all those words. He's just just a, just a great athlete though. I mean, really just jumping all over the place and he just really again has the has the body of an NBA player. Six six two twenty four. That is strong. Oh yeah. So this is a guy who can guard lots of different positions and uh, yeah. Apparently his downside is just like sort of just troubles with you know getting other people involved finding other people finding passes and uh, you know he's kind of a black hole if he gets the ball it's, it's going up you know and that kind of thing so I don't know this is a player that a lot of um, of the analysis also says that he had a tough time in North Carolina you know being surrounded um, you know in a, in, a, in a system that didn't use him in the right way I don't know about any of that stuff but apparently it was sort of a, a weird fit for him this year in North Carolina so if you like him you might be because you think you know the NBA is going to be a better fit for him than the college game yeah this might be another guy who spent some time in the g league until he gets yeah. his offensive game kind of yeah. rounded out but at the same time this was the report on Okogi last year all d and not not really much skill on offense and uh, he surprised us this season with i mean there's a lot of times him shooting uh you know it's not yeah. the best option on the floor but yeah you know, i think josh Okogi played well enough on offense that we weren't worried about it yeah we think again a little uh, little offseason help he can fix that all right, let's go to the uh, uh, less likely players. He's heating up. Uh, cooling down, maybe. So these guys are probably not going to fall to us, but... Yeah, we got a couple people here. Crazier who, things have happened in the draft. Yeah, who's first? Well, first, you may have heard of him, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. One of the most hyped high school prospects coming into this year. They said, wow, Duke got the three most hyped uh, high school prospects. They got Zion. He's going number one. They got R.T. Barrett. He's going number three, probably. <laughs> R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. <laughs> Retweet Barrett. <laughs> 
And then the third guy was Cam Reddish, and he didn't really develop as much. He was supposed to be their long-range threat, the guy, the best shooter out of those three. And, you know, it's tough in college basketball when there's two other guys stealing all that shine. Plus, Trey Jones, my man, Trey Jones, is also on that team. Yeah, this is another sort of maybe a fit issue type of guy who's maybe sliding a little bit because he didn't get enough shine, you know, in Duke. <laughs> Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely falling below, you know, going into the NBA season. People thought he'd be a top. Or, I mean, the basketball, the college basketball season, excuse me, last year. Most people thought he'd be a top five pick. Looks like he's going to fall to like eight or nine. And that's why we think maybe, maybe. the right things go. What if he could follow a lot if he fell. Um, so on that hand, it's like he's got the pedigree. He's got, you know, the high school hype. And a lot of times you see guys, if they struggle in their one year in college and they're one of the top ranked high school prospects, it's not a bad idea to tap that well and see if there's still some of that potential in there. Because a lot of times it is something weird about fit, something yeah. about, man, he had the morning classes and it didn't work for him. Or college <laughs> yeah. is tough your freshman year, everybody. Yeah. You know, it's a, lot, yeah, it's a big remember. change. You remember. So, uh, but the downside is that he might uh, sound a little bit like Andrew Wiggins in terms of effort and basketball IQ issues. And yeah. so already everyone's turning off the podcast saying, nope. Nope. I don't get, want that one. I don't want I don't want Andrew guy. Wiggins again. <laughs> I don't want someone who's got the talents and the potential and is just coasting and doesn't seem to know what to do, you know? Yeah, and if Cam does slide to eleven, you know, it would definitely be, you know, a thing for, for Wolves fans. You'd have to kind of swallow that because you this is a player who has, you know, the potential and the sort of you know, the the, the ceiling to be a top five pick. But if he slides to 11, that's just good value right there, even though he might not, you know, fit in the way you like with Clark or have all the upside of uh, Seku or something. So, you know, I, I think, you know, that Cam Reddish sliding, while it would be complicated, it would be a good thing for the Wolves to be able to say that they got him at number 11. That's good value. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, he'll, he'll either prove everyone wrong or be a bust. You know, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's a real swing. Uh, big big uh, home run swing yeah. to bring some more baseball into the tonight's podcast. But, uh, you know, at, at that, you know, once again, like I said, he was a top-ranked uh, high school prospect. So if you could get somebody who was predicted to be a top-five pick in the NBA draft at number 11, you know, yeah. maybe you just say, well, it's tough to play on the floor with Zion because he's taking all that shine. You know, maybe you don't – maybe your effort would be bad too if you were the third option on a team yeah, and you were really. just watching Zion get the ball all the time, you know. Next two guys are people who are a little bit further down the draft, kind of more mid to, you know, maybe in the late teens, into the 20s. But some guys that – All know, it maybe, takes is one front office – there you go. Yeah. They, so maybe these are these are two players of the Wolves can maybe reach down and grab from a little bit lower. You know, maybe from where they're they're mocked. First guy, Nick Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech, six uh, five guard, kind of a in between combo guard. Um, you know, he can, he's big though. He's six five. You know, he's super tall. Um, so he can you know obviously make lots of passes when you're that tall and, and play make a little bit and kind of be on ball or off ball. He's got a good shot as well. So it's not like you know he's a you know only defense or anything like that. Like I think he's kind of seems like. Like he's kind of a good all-around guard, but not necessarily a pure point guard. That's why he's kind of maybe falling a little bit. As he's kind of in between and not really sure what his real position is. Is this the? I've, I've been reading some so many draft reports. This, this guy that I said his wingspan's pretty average for six five. So like, unfortunately, with a guard who does a lot of dribbling, you want a long wingspan uh, to keep I'm it down close sure. to the floor. I don't have that here, but yeah, I'm could not, be him. I'm not we'll sure see. about that. But Nick Alexander Walker and uh, it was know, him or Kobe White, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, and you know the you know the Wolves point guard needs are, are well stated. And yeah, there's a couple guys we're gonna get to here in a little bit. Too many 
might be even more reaches, but uh, you know, you know, Nick Alexander Walker is someone who they could maybe you know pull up from from eleven, um, and then uh, Kevin Porter from uh, USC six six, more of a shooting guard, more of a go get buckets like <laughs> type of guy, just just straight score, uh, athletic isolation wing score is what I have written down here, but then also might be a bonehead. He was suspended by USC this year for uh, you know we don't know exactly what he was suspended for, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, so you might want to be careful with uh, with Kevin Porter Jr. bringing him onto your team. We have we have an opening for a bonehead. We've always we said you could you could have one bonehead on sure, every team, not sure, more. Sure, but we have an opening for a bonehead right now. But maybe we want to keep that that slot open for free agency, where we might have to sign a bonehead in free agency. <laughs> so you don't know. Sometimes you have to have one. Yep. Um, and then a couple players just today. There's been. Uh, yeah, uh, just today there have been um, some rumors about the Wolves trading up to pick four, which uh, the Pelicans now own after the Anthony Davis trade. And, you know, there's been some rumors that the Pelicans might want to get out of that pick. I don't know why. why just pick pick anybody. <laughs> like, take they, have too many, they have too many young guys. Just, come on, pick a player. But apparently they're moving four, and the Wolves are in the mix. Um, so are the Pacers. Apparently, apparently a bunch of teams need, yeah, some teams that need point guards really want to get the four in order to draft Darius Garland or Kobe White, depending on your taste. So yeah, two yeah. point guard prospects who are much better than anything we'll find falling after the tenth pick. Yeah, um, Darius Garland seems very interesting. He seems Ooh. like he has a lot of star potential. Could the like maybe yes. outside of Zion be like maybe the best player in this draft? I want Garland on the Wolves, but please. He's been very he was injured most of last season. Only so, played five games for yeah. Vandy, yeah. so you didn't really get a whole lot of college you know game tape on him. Which yeah. once again, if you only had That's five scary. games of Cam Reddish, he might also be a top four pick. You know, because <laughs> he was so hyped yeah, out of high school. Kyrie Irving, you know, he only yeah. played a couple games. That's Duke, right. Yeah. Well, that one worked out. That so. worked out, yeah. What if he's Kyrie? Yep, it could, it could be. Um, so everyone's very excited about him. It looks like he might go four or five, so we would have to trade for that four yeah, pick Yeah, just for the him. shooting there with Garland is kind of the main thing. And Score off the dribble. Point guard. Shooting Ooh. off the dribble, just, oh. you know. That's deep some exciting yeah, the, stuff. The, you know? the Lillard comparisons start there with the deep off the dribble shots. Um, but, yeah, and then Kobe White from North Carolina, also in the mix here. He's another big guard, 6'5" point guard more of a transition guard more of a scoring guard um you know likes to get out and run and you know get into layup lines and stuff but um not as much of a pure point guard in the sense of you know playmaking and 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 um you know needs to work on this ball handling and that kind of stuff so you know a little bit different guard but uh, both these guys are, are supposed to go between four and eight basically um you know the suns need a point guard the, the bulls need a point guard you know there's there's a bunch of teams in here where it feels like these guys are going to get swept up so if you want them you probably have to get it into four, five, six in order to get one of these players. And eh, apparently the Wolves are sniffing around, so maybe we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll get some uh, some draft trade magic. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> or they might trade back. That's the other thing we have to consider here is the team could trade back, especially when you get a draft like this where it's kind of considered to be a not very good draft. So it's kind it's of after like... After the top three picks, if it you falls feel, off yeah, pretty big. If you big. feel like there's a big band between maybe like four and like 15 where it's like, guys are kind of the same or between like 10 and 20 where guys are kind of the same it's like all right well maybe just trade back if there's a guy you like and you can pick up a second round pick for next year or something like that do that and that also kind of factors into you know what what we're talking about with Sekou and Brandon Clark is it's like 
uh, you know, we're saying one might be more of a role player. One might have more of a shot of a star. But maybe if it's, you know, like you said, not that great of a draft, maybe the ceiling for both of them is role player. So maybe we take Brandon Clark, who seems like he's closer to that role player already, you know? He's on fire! All right, let's let's talk about who we want. Like, what what would make us the happiest? We're watching draft night, and, man, it's, it's uh, with the number 11th pick, the Minnesota Timberwolves select. And who are we going to be most excited for Adam Silver to say their name? Darius Garland. Garland, of course. Yeah, but yeah. Then we I feel a, like we have I a think trade you, to announce. Yeah, you, you'd have to bring in some other stuff. And I feel like the trade would be my my ideal world is like Wiggins for Drew Holiday on the pick or wow. something. You know, <laughs> that that's Neil as the the GM of the Pelicans laughing at my trade offer. He just yeah. he just hung up the phone no, after I did, laughing. Yeah, I, before I hung up, I wanted to leave you on the line to hear the laugh yep. at first. Yep. So that's probably not going to happen. Okay, but, but the likely or or not like or less okay. likely guys. I would say that I like Seku and Brandon Clark. I like Seku just a tiny, tiny bit more. I want Seku too. I like Seku. He just looks a little bit more dynamic. Um, he's got the cooler name. He's got just a cooler kind of look. I think. And if they stay, I think that's who they'll go with. I could see it either way, though. I could see again. It all, all comes back to the first draft of Rosas. Where what what's he going to do to put his stamp on this? I could see it either way of like we're going to play it safe. We're going to get a guy that you guys going to be very impressed with next season, Brandon Clark. Or no, wait till you see Seku in two years. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's going to blow your mind. He's going to be this versatile player that the Wolves haven't had in years. Like, I don't know. I really think that either way it goes, I could see it being spun as a great thing, and I could be on board with it. But if, I, 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 it sounds like we're both shading towards Seku. Yeah, but if Seku is 10, I'm happy at Brandon Clark at 11. Sure. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm very up on Brandon Clark. He's Like we said, he doesn't have a lot of the perimeter game, but he's very athletic. So even though he's a bit undersized for that power forward role, it's not like he doesn't have the athleticism make up for it who are you least excited about of like the seven seven or eight guys we have here for me i'll start i'll say kevin porter that is a player again it's not just the bonehead stuff because again we can we can handle one or two of those we have we have a spot for one of them but and we do need scoring we do need you know three-point shooting and apparently porter jr can really shoot it but i i just don't think that I don't know. I, I think there's too many holes there. I don't. I'd rather go with something that's either a, a project. He feels like he's in between a project and a safe, a safe spot. So I don't know. I'd rather go with more of a project if we're gonna go that way. Um, I guess the only thing I would be disappointed about, because like I said, I don't know very much about yeah. these guys. Yeah. And if if you know Rosa said my big move is I'm gonna take a guy who's predicted to go like 18th and take him at 11 plant my flag in this in the ground this is the guy i believe in i would give them the benefit of the doubt i'd be like i'm gonna i wouldn't have you know selected him because he's not yeah because he's not ranked that high so maybe by all the you know experts opinions it's not a good move but i'd still be like let's wait and see he's known for having analytics he's known for the scouting so maybe he sees something so i would give him the leash to see see what happens but the only disappointing thing would be like well if we were going to take this guy who's available at 18 why don't we trade down and take him there you know so that might be the only thing that i find disappointing but i literally don't know enough about these guys to really be disappointed by any of these picks, I feel like. Draft coming up Thursday night. Can't wait. On ESPN. You can check it out there. Uh, let's I'm sure we'll be tweeting along at it. Wolvescast. We will. You'll be hearing from us. Let's get to our sponsor. It's a very, very special sponsor this week. Scott, why don't you, why don't you take it away here? All right, everybody. Tonight, we are sponsored by Wolvescast, Devil's Advocate Go Host Rental Service. That's right. It's us. We have a rental service, you know, with the Wolvescast bros. That's me and Neil. It's summertime. Yeah. 
Yeah. We gotta take your break. We, we, we gotta take a little break. We do some different stuff. And we know there's Wolves podcasts that go year round, and we respect that because we like to have something to listen to about Wolves in the summer as well. Yeah, but that's yeah. not our style. <laughs> we lay back a little bit. A couple, yeah. We do like three or four in the summer, and that's yeah, about it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we're just sitting around, you know, unavailable to be on a podcast. No, we're available. What you can do is you can rent one of us to be on your guest, or both of us, I guess. You know, it doesn't change the rate that much to be a guest on your Wolves podcast. It seems these days the Wolves podcasting community seem to agree about most of the major aspects of the franchise. Cat good, Wiggins bad, you know. We all have the same opinions about stuff, so it's valuable just from an entertainment aspect on your show to have a contrarian guest host who can argue against the prevailing opinions. And Neil and I could be that guest host for you. Yeah, I I agree with you. But, uh, you know, it could be. It could be that. You know, so we'll come through with some different points that are devil's advocate points. You know, we got to mix it up. We got to we got to make sure there's some controversy. We got to make sure there is some, you know, some discussion happening. And if we're all just agreeing on everything, well, that doesn't make for very good radio. So we're going to come in. We're going to shake things up. We got we got opinions. Opinions like Andrew Wiggins deserves every cent of his contract. I can back up these opinions, too. It's not like these are we will argue this with the ferocity of a thousand dying sons. We got data points. Yes, that's right. I can make the case that Jeff Teague is the most important player for next year's season. How about this one? Tom Thibodeau, he got a raw deal. That's right. He should still be around. Tyus Jones, mildly overrated or wildly overrated? Oh, I've heard this one. Scott's great at this one. He, he, you're, you, you, I've heard you do that, that one before, and that's a good one. Mildly or wildly. Plus, it rhymes. Mildly mm-hmm. and wildly. That's right. That's just good radio. Uh, what's the deal with Prince? How about the Owl City jerseys this season? That's mm. just, you know, again, we go on the court, we go off the court. You know, it's not just stuck to stuff that, you know, is X's and O's basketball. We talk about jerseys. We have we have devil's advocate opinions about jerseys. Yes. And nobody, I mean, nobody shouldn't be listening to a Wolves podcast without hearing my take about how Glenn Taylor is one of the most underrated owners in the NBA. He is the best. And finally, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, I get a lot of pushback on this one, but that's why I'm here. Ryan Saunders needs to update his wardrobe already. Come on. Uh, We're talking the the fashions and the the eras that some of the stuff he's wearing is before his father. Let's just say it. Let's just put it that way. He should dress more like a Van Gundy. You heard it here first. Yeah, he needs to he needs to get a tailor or something. But yeah, that's the, the Wolfscast Devils Advocate co-host rental service. It's for all you out there who want to add a little something else to your summertime to the Wolves podcast. You need a new co-host. We're here for you. Either one of us are available. It's, it's really the way of attracting uh, listens to your podcast the same way Slate drives traffic to their website by saying, why healthcare isn't a good idea. Read this article. So uh, make sure um, you contact us if you need us. Um, you know, We'll come to your house or your recording studio or... Or Target Center, wherever you you know record your show, we bring a game with us too. Yeah, we, we do bring a game that is that is free of charge to you as our clients. So please check us out, the Wolvescast Devils Advocate co-host rental service. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of Wolvescast. Right now, let's predict it. We'll predict it. Yes, predictions, we do them sometimes, and we are here to give you some new ones. You know, it's summertime, 
Lots of things happening. We got the draft. We got free agency. Uh, the NBA never sleeps, and neither do our predictions. But first, we have to talk about some old predictions that we made and let you know if they were correct or not. We have um, just a few, just to hear a few for you uh, here. And uh, well, first one, thankfully for me, Carl Towns. I predicted Carl Towns would not make an All NBA team. I could smell the Rudy Gobert. Uh, uh, defensive player of the year stuff coming in here. So, yeah, sorry, Towns. You're not making them extra millions this year. Sucks for Towns. If you want to look at a silver lining, I guess it's good for the Timberwolves cap situation. Yeah, maybe. That, that's it. Oh, well. That's the only lining. Unless Towns thinks, man, if I was in a big market like Salt Lake City, I would have gotten it. Oh, oh well. Uh, my prediction was that in the final weeks of the season, Towns trying to bolster his case for that all-NBA team would have a 50-point game. Didn't happen. Yeah, I wonder what he was. Clo- I wonder what how close he got. <laughs> we didn't look it up. We just knew we didn't get to fifty. Yep. Did he get to forty? Maybe. Probably. Uh, my other prediction was the Sixers will make the NBA Finals. <laughs> they got beat by the eventual champs on a rim in basket. Quad bounce, 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 quad bounce, bounce, bounce. It's pretty good showing by the Sixers. And just because none we'll of see. my predictions are correct, I'm just going to say on that podcast I said the Sixers would not make it out of the second round. So I was right about that at least. I was on the podcast saying that. But unfortunately, my prediction, although maybe this was a reverse jinx, I'll say, just to uh, kind <laughs> yeah. of cover my butt in yeah. uh, retrospect, yeah. this was a reverse jinx, so good on me. I said the Warriors would go 16-0 and in this playoffs. Too injured. Quite the opposite. Too injured so, to go uh, do that. Get uh, healthy soon, Kevin and Clay. I feel bad for you guys. Okay, new predictions. Uh, first, uh, we're going to do a prediction about the draft. Um, it could be anything about the draft. Uh, Scott, start us off here. What are you predicting about Thursday night's draft? I think at some point in the ESPN broadcast, they will use the old Timberwolves logo. Uh, if it's going to be, you know, on the bottom when they bring up a banner and it's yeah. like the Timberwolves have never traded 11th or whatever. Or yep. Trade. It's the Timberwolves trading Andrew Wiggins to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday. You know. Yeah. So be careful. If you see a wolf looking directly at you. Yes. I it's think the that's the wrong logo. I think ESPN, just because they don't put the wolves on ESPN very much, we know, uh, they have not updated yeah. the graphics package so when you spot that old wolves logo think of me like oh that's a wolf good enough throw it up there good yep uh, my draft prediction is that the wolves will trade back mm. i do think that might be a thing here i think that is a smart guy thing to do it is a uh let me show let me flex here a little bit rosas let me it's either going to be a trade up or trade back is probably i i, I kind of uh Thought you know, tr- struggled between those two, but uh, went a little safer and said trade back again. All I hear is it's kind of a bad draft, and I the Wolves brought in so many people for workouts. I feel like they might go back for what? What's that guy's name? Tyler Harrow or Hero or whatever, right? The shooter from it's Kentucky. Never a bad idea to take a shooter. Right? At they the might just find pick. a shooter who's at like twenty, who they yeah. fall in love with. And they're Get like, the best sorry, we're out of eleven. So yep. I, I could see something like that happening. So that's my uh, specific um, pick there. And then we have predictions about the rest of the summer so we will uh, probably come back for another podcast sometime yours is more about like what happens in the fall though you're right you're right mine mine is your prediction is for the beginning of the next season i I don't think i I don't think i filled it all the way in i'll I'll leave with this one okay andrew wiggins will not start the season on the timberwolves oh that's right he will get traded this summer okay that is a summer prediction then that is a summer prediction in the notes it says in the shared notes we use it says andrew wiggins will not start yep he (laughs) he will lose his starting line i was like wow that's bold josh so Kogi's just going to outplay him in camp. That's all it is. No, I think uh, hearing a little smoke about Wiggins getting traded, we've got the piece uh, up on Candace Hoopus right now from Editor, Editor, sorry, not 
editor in chief or one of the editors in chief, uh, Eric Eric and Madison uh, wrote uh, about trading Wiggins potentially using the number eleven pick. I highly suggest you go check out that piece over at Canisupa. So I don't know. I think there might be a trade. I don't know that anybody can handle Wiggins' contract. It is the worst contract. Uh, no, in, in the it's not. Still, you still it's you not still Wall. You still on Wall. I'm still on Jalen Wall. I saw Gabe Douglas. Shouts to Gabe Douglas. I love playing pickup hoops with you. He tweeted the other day that he's like, "Let's trade Wall Wiggins worse. for okay, Wall right. or CP3." And you're right. Wall's worse. Wall's, Wall's worse. Wall will not play this year, and he doesn't care. I don't. I think in Minnesota he just wouldn't care. He wouldn't show up. You know, and I guess you could say like Wiggins doesn't care enough, but at least he has the potential to still get better. Right, I think he's he a is second. still could get better every year. Wall has had devastating injuries. Will never Ooh. be at the level he was again, and is on the wrong side of thirty. Goes, Wall will get worse every Wall, single year. Wall, Wiggins, Love in that order. Oh, you, Wall, Wiggins, Love. You, you like CP3 better than Love's deal, huh? Yeah, only three years for CP3. Yeah, I can, I can handle it. Four okay. more for, for, for the rest of those guys. Yeah. Um, okay, Scott, what's your draft? Uh, excuse me, what's your rest of the summer prediction? Rest of the summer. Shout to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, he's finally listening. Basketball in Canada is kind of a hot thing right now, Neil. They got their first NBA championship, first Canadian team, first team outside of the U.S. to ever win an NBA championship. Nick Nurse, hot thing right now. He decided to he's going to coach Team Canada this summer what at the guy. FIBA World Cup. What a guy! Iowa's own, Iowa's own Nick Nurse. That's right, Carroll, Iowa. And so I don't know if it was the you know Canada Canada winning the title, the Nick Nurse announcement, or something else. But Andrew Wiggins has now decided he will. After saying he wouldn't, he will play for Team Canada this summer, and he's going to try and get them qualified for the 2020 Summer Olympics. And I, my prediction is that Wiggins and Nick Nurse together will lead Team Canada to the 2020 Olympics. Yeah, apparently Wiggins had a little beef with uh, former coach Jay Tiriano uh, from Team Canada, but uh, yeah, Nick Nurse uh, in there. Now, just before we start recording, probably should have, John uh, Krasinski did push back on that a little bit, saying things aren't quite settled with Wiggins in Canada yet, but it seems like... Steam is pointing towards this here, awesome. right? Like that, this that, is going that, the right way. That makes my the degree of difficulty of my prediction even higher. Yeah. So, but I'd love to see Wiggins back playing for Canada. Let's go. Might as they well. They have a good team. They got like Jamal Murray. I mean, yeah. they have a legit ten legit NBA players uh, that could be on that team. Uh, and uh, you know, don't uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, is it uh, R.J. Yeah, R.J. Barrett, yep. the, the consensus number three overall oh, yeah. pick, uh, also Canadian. Uh, Corey Joseph, yeah, Kelly Olynyk, Kelly Tristan Thompson. Yeah, all, all the Canucks out here doing it. Um, all right, I like that one a lot. Uh, yeah, that's it for Predict It. Let's get to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. The Wolfies, the awards, they have not been given out for months and months. It's time to dust them off and give them out to people. I'll start us off. I got to give it up to the Ringer Draft Guide. That's right. It is an amazing resource for uh, lay people like us who do not watch college basketball. We need help from the mock drafts. And, you know, mock drafts are cool. They tell you kind of the order of how things are probably going to go. That's how a mock draft works. But the ringer has taken it to the next level. They have the most the best part about the ringer draft guide is that you can switch up how in-depth the coverage is on them. You can you can skim, you can peruse or you can deep dive. Yes, those are the words for that. So it really lets you kind of uh, custom 
customize how much you want to know about these players and you know how much data you need and all this stuff. So it's just really good. They update it all the time. So every few weeks, you know, you, it, it gets updated for for new uh, developments and for the lottery and stuff like that. So I'm just really into uh, you know the ringer for you know really uh, upgrading the whole idea of the the, <laughs> the mock draft. It's been I feel like it's been static for too long, right? It's just a list, right? And so they made it better. Yep. <laughs> and so I really dig that. Got to give it up to the Ringer Draft Guy. Thanks, guys. Neil trying to get hired by the Ringer. Shaking my Let head. Let me know. You Man. guys need to cover the WNBA S-M-H. more? Yeah, you do. You should. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, my weekly Wolfie kind of ties in with what you just said about the WNBA. Yeah. Uh, everyone is tweeting in after the finals. I get it. It's a fun joke. Although it's one of those jokes where if you searched it uh, on Twitter, you would see couple hundred people made the exact same joke verbatim and you could have just been like wow maybe it's not that clever after all but i saw a lot of people tweeting stuff uh, to the extent of like oh man finals are over no more sports until october when the uh, nba comes back or they're like oh now i've got you know that's the last sporting and something to that effect is that yeah. sports are done now that no the nba hoops. is over yeah. yeah no more hoops is even worse it yeah. makes me even angrier yeah because it's more like specific it's like one Okay, guys, I get it. Baseball isn't the easiest sport to love. Twins are the best record, you know, in Major League Baseball. Very exciting season. But you know what? I get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea, even though it irks me when people pretend that baseball isn't a sport. I know that for most NBA fans, you don't care about baseball, so I'm not going to get too offended about that. But you know what? There is great NBA, or not NBA, but there's great basketball happening all the time. It's the WNBA League Pass costs $17 (laughs) for the season, not for the month, for the season. And you can watch great hoops all summer long lots of exciting teams in this league yes. and so you're like oh basketball's over you know you're just you're showing your ignorance my friend because there is great professional basketball going on all summer long and you can watch it for next to nothing that's right so i'm just shaking my head at all of you you know your 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 tweets weren't very clever because everyone tweeted them and number two you just showed your sexist misogynistic side by saying hoops is over until october because it's not it's still going on basketball never sleeps yeah it's close-minded to just say that basketball's over come on it's got we got pro basketball basketball right here for you yes yeah. it's, it's happening it's, it's happening in your backyard you probably live in minnesota if you're listening to this it's here we have a team here so go check them out but yeah even if you live elsewhere you don't have a WNBA team league pass is great yeah that's great you can check you can adopt one out um, that's a very good one. Yes, your basketball does not end here, folks. Please watch the WNBA this summer. You miss basketball? Help. Guess what? It's still going on. It's still happening. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's close this thing out with a game. Scott, what you got for us I this have week? A game about the history of the number 11 pick. The number 11 pick. That's why the Wolves have 11. They're supposed to have 10. Move down to 11. Uh, okay, so this game, is this about specifically the Wolves and 11, or is nope. it about Just a anybody? history of people picked up the 11 pick, and they are Limericks. So. I'm trying to think of, I know, like, who is the best player picked at 11. For some reason, I think Clay Thompson was picked at 11. Well, know. Neil, let's get into it. All, all right, right so go. here are three Limericks. You finish out each Limerick for me, okay? All right. Maybe his number is 11. <laughs> Limerick time. Maybe both, Neil. Yeah. All right. Picking 11th may not seem like a thriller. But it has a history of long-range killers, like Reddick JJ or Thompson, Clay, Nick Anderson, and Pacer. Oh, uh, read it again. Picking 11th may not seem like a thriller, but it has a history of long-range killers, like Reddick JJ or Thompson, Clay, Nick Anderson, and Pacer. Reggie Miller. Correct? Thank you. Sometimes I need it twice. Which is why you might want to draft Tyler Harrow at 11. Yeah. You know? Although, Get that uh, Dougie McBucket's also in at 11, and I didn't <laughs> include him in this list. So, you Still know. in the league, maybe. Yeah. All right, next up. 
When it comes to championship glory, this 11th pick has the best story. More brains than Kareem, a champ with three different teams. If you need a big shot, call Rob Horry. That's right, seven reigns, seven reigns. Most reigns for anyone who hasn't played for the Celtics. That's right, R-H-O-B. All right, this last one is about the Timberwolves now. The history of Timberwolves draft picks is awfully rich. Yet this year is our first 11th pick, unless we switch. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to let that ride or yep. not. <laughs> but other transactions have wrought. Three former Wolves picked at that spot. Terrell Brandon, Jared Bayless, and Minnesota native... Cole Aldrich. That's correct. I thought I was going to like Pekovic. I was nope. thinking of like a, second a, round. Second of a European. <laughs> yeah, Beck was second round. Or Rosho Nesterovich. Yeah, you're going with the rich. Nice, switch. nice, nice. Call on rich. Those are the three pick, 11 picks who ever played for the Wolves. Pick and rich are they're close. You couldn't have done it. You know what I mean? You could have left it, but I'm glad you did comma. What'd you do? I switch. Uh, yeah, this year is our, our first oh, 11 pick. pick, unless we switch. Pick is tough. Yeah, yeah. pick and itch. Tough yeah. is close. That was, what, that was a tough one. I worked like 15 minutes trying to come up with the rhymes for that. Limericks, limericks are hard. Yeah. You gotta do multiple rhymes, right? You gotta have you gotta have all, all the rhymes and yeah, it's gotta be syllables gotta be tight. You know, that's that's it. I, but we bring that art to our games, you know, poetry. It's culture. And that's, that's what right. you get when you listen to Old Scott's that's podcast. Right. Culture. Right. Wait, is limericks just rhyming lines or is it is it like um I think haiku or a limerick, is a, the limerick is like A A B B A. I see. So you know? the, yeah, it's not it's not as strict as it's right. haiku. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to count in syllables, thankfully. Haiku game coming up next. Mm. <laughs> Preview for the next season haiku of Wolf's game, Cast. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's no. exciting to have things to talk about, you know, especially for about the Wolves. Yeah. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of news about the Wolves, obviously, besides these front office hirings. But now that the finals are over, teams are... It's player time now. Yep, that's right. It's player time. So we got the draft, and then we got free agency, and uh, I love it. We're going to have a lot of fun things to talk about going forward. That's right. You know that draft uh, coming up around the corner. Hopefully it goes well for the Wolves. We will be back. Uh, we don't have anything scheduled, but, you know, it depends when on... When something big happens. It depends on what happens to the Wolves in free agency, because it, I feel like they are not going to be first couple day players, right? That's where the nope. teams with all the money go. That's big game hunting. And then... As I think it's smart for them to wait. It's smart for them to trickle down. Because, again, I think there's going to be a lot of money in free agency. And a bunch of guys are going to be holding out for that money. But it might not come their way. So uh, I think the Wolves will be wise to wait on some of the stragglers. Or some of the guys who don't get the deals that they thought they would. Yeah. Maybe take a one or two-year deal with the team. So. And if the Wolves end up drafting somebody that we talked about, we won't have another podcast about that. But if they end up trading and it's Ooh. a big trade... Then you, yeah, you bet you bet we'll be back next yeah, week. Darius Garland is a Timberwolf in a couple nights. Then well, we'll talk about it. We might need to get back on these microphones. That's right. But uh, so yeah, just subscribe we'll to us. That's the easiest way because oh, it's yeah. not a regular podcast in the off season. So as long as you subscribe, whenever we release an episode, it will end up on your phone. That's right. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So if you're uh, around any of those things, then uh, please look us up. And uh, yeah, we will uh, be back here in a couple weeks whenever things get popping for free agency or whatever it ends up being. We'll be back here for you. Make sure you're checking out all the draft coverage on kinasupas.com. Uh, Links Dynasty, my Links coverage uh, is up there as well. Lots of podcasts and stuff like that coming for you. So yeah, follow me. All of our blogging partners too, you know, especially Canis Slick. They've been there for a long time. Yeah, all, all the long time. We've been there a long time. All right, that'll uh, that'll do it for us. Um, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see you when some more things happen. Right, Scott? Yep, that's right. All right, till next time, everybody.
with the 26th pick in the 2003 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Dudie Eby from England.